Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Super important topic today. Very important. How do I want to talk about it? Here's what I want to say. Heart failure. I, I don't even know how to begin this, but the only thing is I can make a reference to what we all saw on national TV on a football field not very long ago. So if you're thinking to yourself, that you know everything you need to know about heart failure, I want you to think again. You know, joining me here today uh, is Dr. Faraz Ahmed, who is a cardiologist, associate director of Northwestern Medicine. And, and here's what I want to say about him, and he's going to say it about himself. Those of us that went through life and, like me, had my favorite uncle, the best of shape, the guy was a rock, pass away unexpectedly, my stepmom literally heart exploded. What happens with this is you go on a mission, but I'm not the incredible doctor joining me here today who dedicates his life each and every day, not just to prevention, but how do we take our technology and how do we make it work for our lives? Doctor, it's great to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Happy New Year. Thank you so much, and thank you for that kind inter, uh, introduction. I'm really excited to be here. I want to ask you, you know, I know why I'm excited to talk about this. I've seen what happens. But what touched your heart? What got you in this direction that said, this is where I want to specialize? This is These are the people I want to help. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, so I think I in medical school, I fell in love with cardiovascular physiology and just really excited me. It really wasn't until I was an intern at the University of Pennsylvania when I decided I wanted to specialize in cardiology and heart failure specifically. I remember a patient and being part of the team that got to speak to her when she was offered a new heart. She'd been waiting in the ICU for a really long time. And we got to talk to her and her family and just seeing that being part of that experience and her care during her ICU stay and afterwards really just shaped my thinking um, on where I, what I want to do with my career and the type of patients yeah. I want. And, you know, what I love about this is it was so great to introduce you, doctor, you know, as, you know, cardiologist, associate, associate director, congratulations. But, you know, I always know that deep in our hearts, there is something and it's something so important. It touches us on a pathway that, you know, sometimes we feel we're destined to, even though the road is pretty rocky. But today's show really is to really look at the advancements. And, and, you know, I love that we can say AI now in the world and we're not scaring half the people that hear it. Right. <laughs> right. No, I completely agree. I mean, you know, you, you see AI everywhere outside our lives and more and more we're seeing it in healthcare. Um, and one of our goals is to really figure out how do we best use this technology? How, yeah. What are the studies we need to do and can it really help? Yeah. Look, 
Let's talk about, let's give us the, let's have the state of affairs right now. Give us the information. I know research, your organization is so absolutely drawn and, you know, the validity of the research you're providing. Give us an update. Where are we? Give us some information that would allow people to know, wow, is this really happening in this field? Yeah. So, um, so I think, so I'll start with talking about AI in general in cardiovascular care. So I think there are a lot of opportunities to use AI in cardiovascular care, you know, over 500 companies have algorithms approved by the FDA um, under their AI approval processes. I think about 20% are cardiovascular. And so, and they're being used in a wide range of data, whether they're images, ECG, other types of EHR data. But I would say it's still early days in healthcare. We're still in the process of testing these algorithms, trying to figure, trying to the evidence support their wider use and trying to figure out the value to patients um, overall. So I think there's a lot of promise, um, but we still need to do a lot more work to get the evidence to really support the use of these technologies. I will say more broadly in cardiovascular care and heart failure, there have been a lot of amazing advancements, procedures we offer, the devices we offer, and even the medication. So it's a really exciting time for cardiovascular care more general and also at the intersection of cardiovascular care and AI. Yeah. You know, I want to talk about this because there are different levels of this and let's just talk to them. You know, many people don't know that, you know, when we're talking about heart patients, certainly my mom did not, we did not have a clue. We didn't know what we know today, but for my stepmom, my mom, we did not know the symptoms that led up. If we did, we may have been able to stop that. Um, And so do patients know, or do we know what degree of heart patients have what you all call advanced heart failure? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So right now we estimate about 6 million U.S. adults have heart failure. And we wow. think that's going to grow to up to 8 million by 2030. Um, so we really think it's going to continue to grow and continue to have a huge impact on patient lives and public health. So there isn't a single, there's, there's multiple studies that have looked at the prevalence of advanced heart failure. It probably ranges somewhere between five up to 25% of patients. And so these are patients with severe symptoms of heart failure, um, despite being on the best medical therapies available. And so yeah. these are the type of patients we want to get in to see heart failure specialists um, as soon as we can. You know, and let's talk about this. I want to talk about treatment. I want to talk about lifestyle. I want to talk about what people need to know when they walk away from here today, because I think this is one of those fields when I look at it, it's so open for things like, um, you know, nanotechnology. And it, it really is. It's wide open. And there have been so many advancements, right, doctor, already that we don't know about. But let me ask you, if you had to pick your top three on the 2023 hit parade that you wanted to share with people, what would you want to tell us? <laughs> uh, so it's, it's a great question. So I, so I mean, I guess I'll start with an oldie, but a goodie. Um, so for patients, so, so for patients with weak heart muscles, so heart failure with reduced ejection fractions, we have so much evidence, um, including with some newer drugs that being on what we call foundational, foundational medical therapy really improves quality of life. Um, prevents hospitalizations and improves survival. And so just getting patients on, and we know that they're overall undertreated in the U.S. and around the world, that patients, for whatever reason, for a lot of reasons, complicated reasons, aren't getting the meds. So I think as a heart failure community, we really embrace the call to action to get patients on these medications at scale. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I would say there's a lot of advances in heart valve procedures. So we can fix valves that we couldn't fix previously, like the tricuspid valve on the right side of the heart using minimally invasive technology. So that's a really exciting advancement. And three is hard because there are so many, um, but I think I'll mention one that happened a few years ago. Um, there's a heart pump 
there's a new version of a heart pump that came out called the heart pump three. And we have more and more data, including new data from this year that the five-year survival after having this heart pump placed is really good with a really low complication rate. So that was really exciting to our field and just helps us even get more patients the right information to make the decision about whether to proceed with the heart pump. You know, I'm going to date myself a little bit, if you don't mind, because you you kind of went old school on me. I'm going to just like talk about it for a minute. You know, once upon a time, the idea of a, of, of a, a transplant or replacement was like just like a ridiculous idea. Right. Um, so I am so impressed by where you are, where your organization is and what you're doing. Let's jump to the conversation about advancement in technology, because this is a field you and I love. Right. I love the fact that the advancement in technology, and we built our own technology for positive talk. But I want to hear from you. What excites you when you start to think, wow, AI, technology, today, the future? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's just so many opportunities here. And I love that our health system and our Carvest Institute has made such a big investment in this space. We've hired a team of engineers. We have the first of its kind fellowship or actually training doctors, cardiovascular fellows in AI and cardiovascular medicine to push the frontiers forward. So I think there's so much to be excited about in this space. Um, I'm personally excited about this idea of using all the data that's out there to find patients with gaps in quality of care and getting them care sooner. Um, and that's the work we've done around our advanced heart failure. We're soon going to push the envelope earlier and trying to find people to, to early detect the prevention of, to, to target strategies to prevent heart failure, to, to diagnose different types of heart failure earlier and get them targeted treatments. So I think that this targeting using existing data space is really exciting for me personally. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about something really important. Let's talk about what you just said. I want to break it down into my language. You tell make sure I don't misrepresent you. Yeah. Um, what I hear you saying is that once upon a time, we had these general notions about heart health care, right? Eat well, exercise, right? We have general information. Now what I hear is the data, the science, the AI is allowing us to be more specific, customized, you know, have solutions for people that are going to fit who they are, their situation, and what the options are for their future. Is that an aspect of AI that is now allowing us to do this where we didn't have that before? I think what you're describing is exactly where we want to head in the future. How do we tailor precise therapies to patients based on all of these characteristics? I think we're, we're heading there and we're part of some large studies. One's called HeartShare, funded by the NIH. That's going to help us get to that, hopefully get to that future. Right now, I think AI can help us find these misdiagnoses, things like cardiac amyloidosis that we're missing by combing through images, um, notes. And then we have medications that we know work for amyloid and we get the patient's right medications. So I, I think it's there's two parts to it, and it's a quickly evolving space. I love it. I want to talk to you. I know this time is short. Let's make sure we give out your website, because that's always important. These interviews are so short. People want to know more. How do they find out more about this? So there's lots more information about the Bloom Carcer Institute at heart.nm.org. You can learn more about all the different treatments we offer, as well as our work in the Center for AI. Look, first of all, congratulations to you and the folks where you are. Uh, and, and so what I'm always impressed by is every time I do one of these interviews and I think about what, what you're doing, cardiologists at Northwestern Medicine, what you're building out, you know, the Bloom Cardiovascular Institute. I mean, I can go on. I'm, always, I'm It's just amazing to have that many just talented, bright people looking out for us. See, that's the way I see it. Um, I want to ask you this question. Where are we today? What are the options for people today 
if, if somebody's listening to this, what do we want to tell them their possibilities are? Uh, so I, I think I tell them to you know, listen to their body and take good care of themselves and focus on healthy lifestyle, eating healthy, exercising. And then if you have a cardiovascular condition already, seek out care from a high quality place and make sure that everyone's looking at um, you closely and taking good care of you. On a personal note, I know every time I do one of these, I can't help think of the people that I lost and, you know, lost them at different times where now I know with my mom, when she was talking to me, you know, her demeanor, her mood, what was going on with her. I now know if that would have happened to me again, I have more information. We have more information that we'd be able to say, mom, go in, get a checkup you know, get you. I want to ask you on a personal note, what we could, what can we say to people from a preventative perspective? I, I think, um, well, thanks. Thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, I, I think, listen, trust yourself. You know, if you think there's something wrong um, with you or a loved one, I think reach out to your medical team and it's emergency call 911. You know, if it's not an emergency, reach out to us. We were here. We're part of your team. Um, we want to help you and your family. And just, I think it's better to ask than um, not to. You know, last question on a personal note, what's your personal message, doctor? What would you like to leave us with today? I would like to say that I think that the field of healthcare is going to be changed by AI eventually. Um, but we need a lot of work to get there. And we hope to partner with patients and companies and others to really help create the future of healthcare, which, which will involve AI. Thank you so much. Website, one more time. Um, heart.nm.org. Thank you so much. For those of you out there, lots of information. You know, we love having the team join us here. Every interview we do is jam-packed. It's leading edge. It's out in front of things. Please share that link, share this interview, share the information with people that are close to you, and please make sure you know there are always possibilities. We'll see you next time. Are you living life in full expression? Join me, Beth Wolf, on Life in Full Expression each Monday at noon Pacific time on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To learn how to explore, elevate, expand, and live your best life, discover the seven dimensions of life blueprint of expression. Get ready to fully express, develop your limitless capacity, and experience amazement to become an igniter and inspire. Visit BethWolf.com to discover the dynamic coaching of life in full expression. Tune in to No More Rules, the impact of being you, the first and third Monday, 8 a.m. Pacific, every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com with hosts Steph Yost and Camille Barreto. 
and join the movement to awaken your inner power, be the creator of your own healthy life, as they help shift perceptions, encourage thinking outside the box, and overcome limiting behaviors and beliefs. Listen to thought-provoking conversations and visit yourimpactwellness.com to schedule your consultation today. Do you get stuck in that someday attitude, living the same day over and over again with no action? The Becoming You Show, big ideas that inspire, impact, and influence your life with Leah Rowling is for you. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Central on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will have you feeling inspired to take action with purpose and intention. For more information and to get in touch with me, visit www.LeahRowling.com. Are you ready to branch out, to take a leap of faith, to love yourself and others fully? Join Erica Gifford Mills in her signature series, The Rooted Life. This virtual 12-week series will equip, empower, and enlighten you. This is a coaching series that allows both group and individual work. 12 weekly, one-hour sessions in the comfort of your own home. Schedule your free Empower Hour now at GetRootedRadio.com. That is GetRootedRadio.com. Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today. Or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome to Family Healing with Rose and Dr. Pat. Are you struggling with painful, exhausting family relationships? Those relationships are in the heart of Rose's practice, and she believes they are the key ingredient in the recovery to our well-being. During the show, Rose will teach you how to take ownership and responsibility for your energy that comes to you as well as what you send out. What if your family is not the one you would have wished for? During this show, Rose and Dr. Pat will help you understand how to set boundaries, get long-deserved relief, achieve peace of mind, and even reconcile. Get ready to explore your possibilities coming from hardship to shining again. Family Healing with Rose starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I want to welcome you all to Family Healing with Rose. This is a show that Rose and I do together. I'm very excited about it. Um, Today, we're going to talk about the elephant, right? Uh, let me just tell you about the elephant, very spiritual symbol, but that's not what we're talking about today. You know, today, when we're talking about family healing with Rose, we're talking about the elephant in the room, and there is a big one. So for the next, this half hour, we're not even going to take a break. What I want to say to you, when you hear the passion, the purpose, how Rose looks at what it means to take responsibility and ownership of our energy. This is why you're going to be reaching out to her and say, I need to work with you. I need your help. If you want to know about Rose, I'm going to tell you right now, it's family healing with 
rose.com. So easy. Rose. Yes. Hello, Dr. Pat. How Thank can you, you have an me. elephant in a room and not yes. see it? <laughs> yes. And it's hard to miss that elephant. So let me tell you about the elephant. This is <clears throat> in my line of work. We explain things. We pass the wisdom with stories. And so I'm going to start with a story. This was the first story that I heard in my coaching school. And it's a story of an elephant and a flea. And I'm going to give you my version of it. So elephant and a flea, they are really good friends. They live next to each other. And it's a really hot, it's a heat wave, middle of the summer. And flea is like, oh, it's too hot. I would really like to go to a beach, but it's really far. But wait, my neighbor elephant, my best friend, I'll ask him for help. And so she goes, talk, talk. Hey, elephant, listen, it's really hot outside. I would like to go to the beach. How about, would you be able to help me? Would you be able to get me there? Sure thing, Flea, that's a great idea. Let's go. Get on my back and off we go. And so they do. You know where we're going, eh? Yes, I know. And so elephant, since he, since elephant knows the way, the flea is like, well, let me relax. At least there is a little breeze as he's going. And then she kind of falls asleep and wakes up. Hey, 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 where are we? And they find themselves in the middle of a city downtown with cars honking. It's even hotter than it was in the suburbs. What have you done? Why did you bring me here? Uh, uh, I don't know. Well, let's go home. I can't take this. This is noisy. This is smelly. I want to go back home. Oh, Flea, I'm sorry. On the way back, Elephant says, listen, I would really like to make it up to you. Um, tomorrow, okay? Give me another chance. Tomorrow I'll bring you. Okay, fine. Yeah, you no, don't worry. I'm not mad at you. you. You're my best friend and neighbor. Tomorrow comes. Duck, duck. Come, pop on my back. Hey, flea, you'd be happy. Today I have a GPS. The coordinates are there. We're not going to get lost. And so he follows the coordinates, but this time the flea is also looking, you know, just in case. And so they go, 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 go. And then the last turn where GPS says turn left, the elephant turns uh, right. Elephant, elephant, what you doing? No, no, you're going the wrong way. And they end up in spite of GPS saying, go back, go back, in spite of flea saying, no, this is not where we're supposed to go. Elephant just keeps on going. And they end up in the middle of a forest by the time that the elephant wakes up. Oh, my God, what have I done? We are all <laughs> bitten. We are all scratched. We are all tired, thirsty, and hungry. And now we just can go back home. And so they go back home. And, of course, elephant is sorry and flea forgives him. And, okay, I think you, you got the idea, Dr. Pat, now how the story goes. Elephant always tries to help. And unfortunately, it does not happen. Now, my twist to it is with the family. Imagine the elephant when he was a baby, but on that beach, attacked by a crocodile. 
or his parents used to argue there a lot and then eventually divorced. Or his fiance said, sorry, honey, we are no longer a couple. He was dumped. So he he's going to make sure that he's never going to go to that beach because that beach for him represents painful memories. Okay. And all this to say that we all have an elephant and a flea inside of us. Okay. And not just in the head, it's in every cell of our bodies. And this is not that I'm not going to give you here now a scientific explanation of the brain. Um, this is me just using analogies and stories to understand ourselves better. So how does flea and elephant relate to us? The flea is the 10% of the brain that we use, the logical brain, the one where we are aware. And the elephant is the supposedly dormant or not active 90% of the brain. Okay, but the elephant is not dormant. He never sleeps and he's ever active simply because our brain cannot be not active. Uh, if that was the case, then uh, that's, we are dead. So um, some examples. Unable to change. Flea says, or my 10% brain says, I want love, I want to be loved, I want to love somebody, I want a relationship. And you, you, we work towards it and everything's fine and then until it all falls apart and the heart is broken, uh, the friends or the spouse hurt us, betrayed us. And then we start asking, why is this always happening to me? Why me? Yeah. Um, What's going on? I don't understand. I'm uh, I'm a love, good, loving person. Why me? So that's the flea. And the elephant. Well, he has uh, he has a different story. He remembers that your father used to say, "Ah, oh, you're a nice you know, I love you, honey, but too bad you are a female. You know, mm, all females are prostitutes." And they seduce men and they are evil and, and, and they are the source of all that's bad on, on, on in, the, in our world. And so you enter into bad relationships without knowing why. Okay. And you are mistreated or you have a great relationship and then you sabotage it yourself because you go on and have affairs, for example. And all this without knowing and without realizing why and, and trying to change the pattern, but unable to change the pattern. Or another example I'll give you. I want to quit smoking. Uh, I quit so many times. I've been smoking for many, 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 many years. But yeah. now it's enough. I really can feel it. It, it takes a toll. Okay. <laughs> That's the fleet talking. But the elephant says, um, that doesn't really fit in my point of view. Your parents were smokers. Your grandparents were smokers. Probably other generations before that. 
they are all gone now. And you love them very, very much. And as long as you smoke, you are kind of connected with them. You show your loyalty, you show your love, and every time you smoke, ah, you feel that love of your parents and grandparents, unable to change. Or another last one, I have a successful career, but my private life suffers. Yeah. No matter what I do, eventually things will fall apart at home. That's the flea. And the elephant says, uh, yes, because don't you know we can't have it all? It's impossible. It's either a career, a thriving career, or a happy family. You can't have them both. They just don't go together. So I think that your career is pretty important for you. So let's work on that. And family has to go. Again, relationships fall apart. Okay. And so now who's running the show? Is the flea <laughs> the 10% or is the elephant? I I think it's very easy for the elephant to run the show because the elephant, given the size, just has to make a little push. And the flea will flea if, if a flea wants to push the elephant. She has a, it's not uh, impossible, but it's just so much harder. So the question for me is, our brains are busy, all 100% of it, but just with what will they be busy? Okay. And how? And for most of us, the elephant is a mystery. Um we we don't know what the elephant is doing or thinking, what it is doing, why is it doing it, uh, when, where, with whom. We're just not aware. So how can we work and find out something that we that is invisible or that is unknown to us? <laughs> so that is the uh, yeah, that is the uh, the next yeah. step. Yeah. Yeah. But let's just talk. Let's stop here for a minute and talk about this, because thank you for that beautiful story, because I'm listening to this and I'm just thinking some days I'm the elephant, some days I'm the flea. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, what is that? What is that country Western song? Some days you're the windshield and some days you're the bug. Um, but in the story, and what a beautiful way to tell that story, Rose, because, you know, I'm listening to this and I'm totally relating at such a level to this, but it brings us to the next point. And the next point is really important. It's now that you know this, how do you work on something that's invisible that you don't even know exists? Because this is what you teach people just mm -hmm. because it's invisible. And let me just paraphrase. Just because it's invisible and you can't see it, it doesn't mean it isn't there. Um, I, I had a friend of mine that spent a lot of time in Africa, worked with the people in Africa, um, and he was very successful, not because he was smart, not because he didn't live there. You know, he's a guy that grew up in England, goes over there to Africa, but he was known for his instinct, for lack of a better word. Um, he was the kind of person that they'd hire 
when there was an animal out there they needed to 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 learn more about his instincts when something was not right that he could not see what don't we all though have an inner system where we have a sense you just burnt the pot roast you know what i mean <laughs> yes i do so let's talk about those levels of consciousness if we could and uh, yes, quite often we actually know, but it's just, why? Why don't we? So we all know we have the logical analytic brain, the one I'm aware, I know, I do, I decide. But we also have that elephant, that unaware. So I'm going to discuss four major levels of this unaware consciousness or unawareness, if you wish. Core level, genetic level, history, and soul level. We all carry that with us in every cell of our body, not only in the brain, in every, every tiny, tiniest piece of ourselves. So what's the core? Core is the time during pregnancy, and first four years of our lives. These years are very formative. At this age, we have no filter. We absorb everything we see, hear, feel. We don't know what's right, what's wrong, what's ethical, what's not ethical. We all take it in from the people around us. The family will teach us. The preschool will teach us, okay? And in addition, we are, that's in our instincts, we know that our survival depends on our parents. So they have also the authority, the trust. And we, so we just take everything as it is. It just is. And we love the parents, we love the family, and we want to love them back. It just is like that. Not, there is nothing more to that. And we are very vulnerable. Our parents, our grandparents, our siblings have a huge invisible imprint. will leave a huge invisible imprint on us. Okay? So that is the core level. The second level, the genetic makeup. Again, our parents, siblings, grandparents, and all the ancestors up to about... Uh, seven generations back, they are present in every cell of our bodies, in every strand of the DNA. And so they pass to us, not just through, the, through their genes, not just the hair or the face or the perfect bone structure, but they also pass to us their immunity, their knowledge, their talents, their joy, but also their suffering. And so we, we remain and we are connected with our, with our family, with our ancestors through this invisible bond of DNA. Okay. The third level is the society. Whether it is society today or throughout the human history, the society tells us what's right, what's wrong, 
what's legal, illegal, ethical, unethical, what we should do, what we should think, how we should behave. Okay? And we want to fit. And a society also tells us what is possible, what is not possible, how genetic diseases or bad family habits get passed down from generation to generation. They also tell us we cannot choose our family. We can only choose our friends. They tell us what family values are and what family means. That it's hard to break genera generational karma, like father, like son, like mother, like daughter. Hmm? And <clears throat> even if we may not agree with some things that we hear, uh, we've been conditioned, we human, we are conditions, conditioned to eventually believe what we hear repeatedly. And if, inform if this information comes from an authority, who is an authority? Anybody who I consider authority is authority for me. It's not the same for, for every person. So if information comes from an authority, we don't even question it. And then also why question it if, if, if we can see proof all around us? The fourth level, the soul. Our soul, our life force, our essence, or the true us, or if you wish, that flame that burns inside of us and drives us and inspires us, but also cries with us. The soul, we choose our experiences prior to incarnation. We make contracts. But... Here is the thing, the soul lives in a different reality than us. Uh, and so the soul also may easily feel and think differently from us. And when I say us, I'm talking about the me aware, the 10% drops. Okay. We here, we are limited in time and space. The soul has no body and has all the time and space and has, as such, has a completely different perspective on our lives. So these are the what is in the elephant. And this what also, when we dig deeper and when we, when we ask and when we go in, we find out why. Yeah. Now, of course, next, how do we find out? Yeah, exactly. And oh. also, Rose, and let me ask you a question about this, you know, because you beautifully laid this out, not only by telling your story, but you did something else for us. You know, you really explained this in a way, one, first of all, that was really not judgmental. You laid this out beautifully and you took us on this journey so we can start to ask ourselves, is this me? Is this me? Is this me? Is this me? Mm -hmm. And now the next part is super important because, wow, now that I have this great information from Rose, what do I do with it? So I want to say two things. First, if you don't know what to do with it, talk to Rose. Familyhealingwithrose.com. But we're going to talk now about now what? Rose. Now what? <laughs> so 
So how are we going to find out? Well, I'm not going to tell you this is your, your problem. No, we're going to find out together through a conversation, through exercises, energetic reading, also connecting to the divine, and muscle testing. Muscle testing is a very important part because it really shows, oh, yes, this is coming from you. And I had many, many countless surprises myself. What do you mean? What are you talking about? I don't think like that. I don't act like that. Yes, you do, Rose. So muscle testing is a big part. And why working on all these levels? Um, I mean, why, why not just use this or that? Well, I work on all these levels simultaneously because we connect the left brain, the right brain, and they start communicating. At the same time, we connect the brain with the heart and we get a heart-brain coherence and, and they start communicating more freely. Then we also connect to every cell of the body all the way to the DNA. We connect to the energetic body that is around us. And we connect also to the divine. And in my experience, this multi-level multi approach really speeds up healing. And sometimes we see the results instantaneously and long lasting. Yeah, I love this. Let me just, let's just, let's just ask about this. We're going to continue for, um, we're just going to keep going past the half hour here because I want to make sure we cover a couple of things, Rose. I love the way you describe that. I, I absolutely love, first of all, the entire story and what you shared. Now I understand why people work with you and you're so amazing at what you do because you understand the root at a multidimensional level. See, a lot of times what happens is when we do work with people, e even when we go to a doctor, right? A lot of conventional medicine you go to and they're treating a symptom. You can treat a symptom, you can treat a root, or you can treat all of the levels, right? And what you just took us on is a journey that says, look, there's a pathway, there's a guidance system. And the body of work that you're doing, you uncovered the pieces that need to be uncovered as you go. And it doesn't mean you uncover one thing and you're not going to find another, right? <laughs> you, you didn't say that, but let me say that for you. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, that is true. You start uncovering and uh, you will just keep uncovering. But the important thing is that you start uncovering and then you just keep going. And it's wonderful. We, we discover things about ourselves, about our family, about... Um, everything what's happening around us. And you know what? If something's going on with your life, more often than not, it's not what it looks like, number yeah. one. And number two, these stories are beautiful stories and it's about the love and suffering. And most of the time, I have not met yet one that wouldn't be. It's all about love. It's love either not received, love not given. 
It's love that is stuck somewhere, something is blocking it. But no, love has to flow. And that's what I do. We unblock it so love can start flowing and you can start healing. And mm-hmm. you learn to embrace yeah. yourself and appreciate yeah. yourself and so forth. And then you also take responsibility for your energy, for what yeah. you are spreading, for what you're doing to yourself and to your loved ones. Yeah. You know, Rose, I, I was talking to somebody earlier this week and I thought about you because I was talking to a young man who, amazing young man, and went through his life and discovered he was gay. And, you know, you grow up in a family that says, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you, and then they don't. Mm. Right? Now, that's one example. It's it's not an uncommon one, but it is one example. But there are many other things that can happen. We love you if you wear the right dress. Oh, you're not wearing a dress at all. Okay, okay, where are you going to school like that, Pat? You know, right? Okay, okay. You understand that there are all these conditions that each of us has to live up to, up to. Those are the gigantic elephants. And what I hear you saying is we bring them with us. We bring them with us. And the first time our partner or our children or somebody says to us, you look horrible in red, mom. <laughs> right? And all you can think about is the million times your dad said that. But this is what we're talking about. This is at the root of what you do, Rose, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And we let that go. Yeah. We let that go. Now, let's talk about, look, how do people work with you? Um, this is just a snippet that talks about the depth and the breadth by which you work and the love and the care that you put into your work. Tell folks how they can work with you. And then I'd love to know your closing message. Okay. Well, they can work with me by contacting me through my website, familyhealingwithrose.com. They can either email me from there or go ahead and outright schedule, schedule a free consultation. Because yes, we do need to learn about each other. And only after that, if we have a match, we can start working together. And my closing message would be, discover your elephant, connect with it, become the best friends, teach it, teach your elephant how to work with you instead of against you, because you want to thrive and the elephant wants to keep you safe and keep himself safe. (laughs) But you want to work together. And next time, We're going to start discussing how these four levels of our elephant interact with each other and what the common thread is, how to unravel it, and why, how come that our family has such a a powerful influence over us over Mm -hmm. years, decades. And it's, uh, yeah, and we start discussing that. And then after that, what can be done about it? Rose, I want to thank you so much. I also want to say one other thing in closing. Here's what I want to say to everybody. There's a giant elephant in the global room. Let me talk about what it's called. It's called my behavior with my family during the past three years of COVID. See, this is the elephant we're not talking about. You know, what we're doing is we're forgetting how we treated each other during that time. 
you know, we're forgetting about the pressure we're under. We're forgetting about this is the way we've been living for three years. We're also forgetting about, I don't know how to now come and live in the world today. And this is what Rose does. If you're thinking, maybe I don't have these issues of my past, please take a look at yourselves now. How are you adjusting? Are you adjusting? Does your family understand what's changed? How are you doing? Please get a hold of Rose. Rose, thank you so much for today. Thank you very much, Dr. Pat. Thank you for joining Family Healing with Rose and Dr. Pat. Join live every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Come to unpack how it's possible to bounce back from your hardship and shine again. We don't have to be trapped in the memories of our past. There is another way. We don't have to take whatever life throws at us, even family. Continue to learn how our family history, our story, and society are all intertwined. For more information, please visit FamilyHealingWithRose.com. Please enjoy this meditation from the Transformation Network. For your meditation, choose a position that allows you to relax. So either sitting up with your back supported so it can be nice and straight, or lying down flat on your back if that's comfortable for you. However, you can really just relax. And we're just going to start by letting your eyes close and letting your breath begin to take over in your awareness. So that means maybe you're elongating your breath a little bit, or maybe you're just noticing it. Maybe just noticing where you feel it in your body. So just being with your breath. Either following it along in your body or guiding it to a place in your body where you want it to go. Maybe noticing places where you are holding tension in your body and inviting a little bit of openness by directing your breath there. Maybe releasing tension from the shoulders or the belly, the jaw, the forehead, neck. We're gonna to begin to guide the breath up and down the center channel of the body. So just imagining your breath flowing from the tip of your tailbone all the way up to the crown of your head on the inhale and then exhaling it back down to the tailbone. A few like that. And then we're going to bring the earth in. So as you breathe in, you're actually breathing in now from the earth up into the tailbone, all the way up into the crown. And then you're breathing out from the sky all the way down through the crown and into the earth. And so we're going to keep now inviting the earth and the sky into your breath process and feeling the earth come into the heart feeling the sky come into the heart. And if you're not feeling these things or you don't know what to do, just imagine it. It actually works wonders. That's part of the magic. And now allow your breath to be focused in the heart. 
feeling the heart begin to expand. And feeling the solar plexus below the heart also begin to expand. Somewhere in this space of the solar plexus and the heart, there is a spark of light that really is your soul's essence. It's who you really are, why you're really here. And I want you to bring your breath to that spark, wherever you imagine it might be living in your body, and let your breath expand the light of that spark. So as you breathe, this light of your soul's essence gets bigger and it begins to fill your entire body. Every cell has this light. And the light becomes so big that it doesn't even fit in your body anymore and it begins to fill your energetic field, the space surrounding your body. And so just breathing this light, feeling it bathe you. And now imagining anything that it may be giving you trouble, causing you concern in your life. You can either bring that into your light field or extend your light field out so far that it holds those things too. And so we're just practicing bringing your true soul's essence, this magic that is already inside you, to your world and to the things that you interact with. Letting them be in your light. And this is not a meditation that needs to stop when you go out into the world. This feeling of your light is something that you can take with you into every interaction, into every situation. You do not have to have your eyes closed to do it. All you need to do is to be able to feel that little spark and enhance it and expand it with your breath. So just take another minute to really feel that light of your soul's essence of who you really are. It doesn't have to be clear to you in words. The feeling is what we're after. And if you imagine something that's giving you concern coming in to that light, how does it shift? How does it transform? Is there some place in your body that's been aching that wants some extra light, send the light there. Let the light take over your brain, take over your eyes, take over your heart. It's just you, it's nothing outside you, it's just your truth. And now you can start to Deepen your breath, bringing your awareness back to your physical body, but not losing that light, not losing the feeling of who you really are.
And you can open your eyes and join us back here. Hopefully you're feeling a little, a little bit, if not a lot more magical than you were a few moments ago, minutes ago. <laughs>